By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelcheck, and we're here with Brandy Olenek. Now, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I've uh, lived in Winnipeg pretty much my whole life, minus a few other uh, things. Lived in Saskatoon for a bit, lived in Thunder Bay. Um, I have a six-year-old son. I'm married, um, and I'm the founder and president of Girls Rock Winnipeg. Cool, and you're also in a band, right? I'm also in a band off Henderson. Um, we're a punk rock cover band, and we're all parents, so we don't play <laughs> as much as we'd like to, but yeah, and that's why we're a cover band, because it's hard to get the originals out when uh, you have so many other commitments. It's called Off Henderson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you guys all live off Henderson? Uh, three of them do. I live off Pemina. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. So what are your go-to covers? Um, we do like uh, a pixie song. Uh, we do a few pixie song head on and we do where's my mind we do we have a huge uh, uh, Headstones fan a couple fans. So we do a bunch of those um, and uh, We do like rebel girl and I do a Detroit Cobra song um, bad girl and uh, we do uh, Rolling Stones and stuff like that, and uh, Face to Face, and yeah. Nice. A whole set worth, Jared. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. That's like stuff. across the board, too. That's awesome. Uh, what do you play? I play guitar. I've been playing guitar since uh, I was about 10 years old, so grew up in, playing in bands, like original bands in Winnipeg, played like all the places, Aussies, we probably played like once a month. And what played. was your first band called? Uh, we were called the Faithful Pagans, and we were together for like five or six years. So wow. yeah. Suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you start playing in a band? Um, well, I think I had my first band when I was like eleven, and then we kind of morphed into something else. And then yeah, this band, that band was like when I was like fourteen, fifteen, and we played till I was about twenty. So Whoa. yeah. Hmm. Has it always been guitar, or have you experimented with vocals? Um, always guitar. I was always way too shy to sing until, like, a couple of years ago. I think, like, I don't know, you hit your 30s and stuff, and you just, like, let it all out. So I started singing, and I realized that you don't... Because I could never really sing. I could always, like, hear a note and stuff, but um, kind of, like, channel a little bit of Courtney Love and a little bit of Brody Dolly and stuff. So, yeah. Cool. So then when did... Uh, when and why did Girls Rock happen for you? Um, or maybe you want to describe a little bit what it is first. Okay, so Girls Rock Winnipeg um, were basically um, a camp affiliated with a bunch of other camps in the world. There's like over 100 camps uh, worldwide that do this. Um, and it's a, a summer camp for kids. Um, some camps start them at eight. Um, in Winnipeg, we're doing at eight, uh, ages 10 to 14. And it's for girls, trans, and non-binary kids um, in that age group and uh, we focus on empowering them through music and creation and collaboration and and stuff so it's a one-week camp and uh, in six days they pick up an instrument for the first time they learn some chords they learn they form a band they write a song and then they perform it at the end of the week at the Western Cultural Center um, here. Um, and then within the whole week, we have like really cool workshops on songwriting, also on like gender identity and bullying and, and stuff like that. Anything that can help them navigate better through the world when they're done. So, yeah. Interesting. So where is this done out of? 
Uh, here we do it at the Western Cultural Center, um, and in other cities they do it whatever facility would kind of uh, work well for them. So um, lots of places use churches and, and universities and stuff like that. So. so when did you realize that Winnipeg needed this? I honestly didn't know Winnipeg didn't have one until I started looking into it, because uh, a friend of mine who was really involved in the Saskatoon uh, rock camp, uh, Girls Rock Saskatoon, um, she was telling me about it, and I was like, oh, that sounds amazing. I want to get involved in the one in Winnipeg, because Saskatoon's like a third of the size of Winnipeg. So obviously, <laughs> we're a musical city. We have to have one. I'm just going to step in. I'll volunteer. It'll be great. And I looked, and there wasn't one at all. So I was kind of like took it as like a calling upon myself to kind of get it going. Is it hard to organize this, or is there resources that help you with it? Um Everybody since like starting it has been very supportive along the way and um, uh, most people like in my age group and even just like over a teenager is like why wasn't this around when I was a kid and stuff like that so it's been really supportive. Um, when the West End Cultural Center heard about me doing this they immediately invited me for a meeting and immediately signed up to be partners and and helped me get like the contacts and the networking to kind of get it off the ground and the space as well. Interesting. So how do you go about introducing them to the instrument? Is it very much, here it is, pick something you like, or...? Um, well, we have instructors, like uh, all the instructors in the city are uh, female, trans, or non-binary people that we have because we want the mentors to relate to the kids. Um, um, so that's what's different about Girls Rock as well, is we have mentors that look like you do or can maybe have the same experiences you had. Um, and they basically like, cause it's so introductory. Uh, so for guitar, that's probably the hardest instrument to learn is guitar, um, in that short time span because their little fingers get like <laughs> so red and so sore by the oh, first no. day. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> um, but they probably learn about like four to five chords depending on, on the kid. And then, and then sometimes we have to, like, especially with guitar, you kind of have to, like, dumb it down a little bit and maybe make it a little easier so that they can keep up with the rest of the band. Um, uh, we've had Ashley Ao teach the bass guitar for um, kids, and she usually teaches them, like, a line and, and kind of chords and stuff like that. It's really introductory, introductory stuff. And uh, the drums, we've had uh, Jody Dunlop from Mise Unseen, and uh, we had uh, Mandy Fraser from Man Candy. Um, do uh, drum instruction last year and yeah it's really cool to see all of them there's, there's like seven kits in there and they're all playing so it's it's pretty cool but yeah it's really basic and then um, they form their band on the first day so they um, get together and we have mentors with them to help guide the way otherwise it would just not I, I don't think they uh, know what to do with themselves really so we try to get them with their just basic skill level to create like a simple song and it's pretty impressive what they come up with after six days yeah I've listened there's like a playlist on SoundCloud or Bandcamp or yeah, whatever yeah. and they're actually like pretty catchy and they are the cutest songs ever like I am me you can't be me and I was like yes 
That's so cool. Like, they're so adorable. So these are all originals that they're... All originals, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's like a Ramon song. Didn't you know? I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't believe you, though. <laughs> yeah, I think my band last year, they we tried to find some common ground because, like, you want to have everybody's input, so... We tried to find some common ground, so we started talking about animals, and so everybody's animal made it into the song, and we <laughs> talked about it. So. And so the song was based on their favorite animals. It, it was super cute. So cute. <laughs> that is awesome. So after the program's done, do you find the bands stick together? Um, we had one band actually. Uh, we were invited back to, or invited to play the Spence Street Community. Um, they had it in like the end of September. It was like a, a march for the community, and. Uh, one of the camper vans got to play their song at that, so they're pretty stoked to be invited back and do that. So, oh, that's awesome. So, do you once the program is over, do you provide the capacity? Like, they don't have instruments of their own. No, everything's provided. So everything's provided. Yeah. So then, after the camp is over, do you guide them in a certain way to be able to get instruments or like how to purchase them when they want to? Is that something that? Yeah, if they want the help to be able to do that, um, we offer that. Um, for sure, like we we would help them uh, find a way to get something that's like in their price range or whatnot. Um, also, the Western Cultural Center has a tune-in program that runs during the school year, and it's on Tuesdays. So we try to, and it's a free music program, after-school program. So we try to like push them in that direction. And we've had quite a few kids like continue in the tune-in program. Oh, cool. Yeah. And who runs, are you, do you run the tune-in program? Or? No, the Western Cultural Center does. So oh, Jessie cool. Havey, she's also the... Um, community outreach coordinator at the West End, as well as she's the vice president for uh, Girls Rock Winnipeg. So. Oh, cool. So yeah. great connections. Yes. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned in your experience as a musician from the age of 11 that you can teach the youngins that are coming in through the program? Um, I think patience is a big thing. Uh, it, it's hard to play guitar. It's a really hard instrument to pick up, especially when you've got tiny hands. Um, and I've always had some really small <laughs> hands. So, um, and uh, just to get through the hard part of, of playing the guitar is, is uh, um, once you get through the hard part of learning it and being able to press down the, uh, the strings, then it's kind of, it, it sounds like music. Um, <laughs> and then playing with other people can always be difficult, but you have to give everybody a chance to speak and you have to appreciate everybody's input as well. And, um, and you don't always agree, but you have to compromise. Mm -hmm. So as a female identifying as well, how have the things that you've learned through the music scene, how can you help them through some of those things? Do you talk about... We, we do talk about like taking up space yeah, and, sure. and having a voice and knowing that you sh your voice should be appreciated and, and uh, it, it's, it's a totally different environment, Girls Rock, because everybody is there, like it's so supportive. There is no, like if somebody's not having a, a good day, like there's so much support there and um, it's just a, I don't know, like it's um, the last day of camp is always really sad because we're always just so emotional about it, but um, uh, and a safe place to be emotional, probably. Yes, too. exactly. Like everybody, especially like we we just had the grown up camp in February, and uh, we run it the same way we do the kids camp, and we talk about the same things we do at the kids camp, and um, yeah, it's it's always emotional to to talk about that stuff and the backstage stuff that we kind of just have like ha hold hands together and we 
we just say like appreciate the space that we've created for each other and um, and everybody out there is rooting for you and everybody's here supporting you so yeah for the the you said the grown-up camps what are the ages for that anything over 18 oh, really? yeah yeah so we've uh, it, it's quite a variety of ages it's it's really cool and and it's just the same thing like I wish I this was around when I was a kid and it's it's people that either we had a lot of musicians already but we made them explore different instruments so everybody comes oh. when they're on like so everybody's in the same um, page of, of uh, where, where they're at um, with that instrument so that um, there's we want to remove all the competition and all the judgment and all of that. So we want to have everybody on the same level when they're, when they're coming into a band. So that's why we kind of tried to do that. Cause we had somebody that was like a classically trained opera singer, but learned bass. So oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> that's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And did they sing? Uh, they band? sang backup. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool. But just, uh, but yeah, learned bass. So, um, and we had some other musicians learning, um, drums, but they sang or played piano and stuff like that. So it was just like a mix up and that's what we try to do so that everybody, it just removes all the competition and all the judgment and all the, like, not feeling like you're good enough. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So yeah. you're saying removing all of that like it exists. Are those all things like competition and all of that? Like I, I that think exists? yes. And I, I think when you put um, boys in the mix with, with the girls and with, the, with people that are, uh, don't identify that way, then I think, yeah, there is this kind of feeling of like, I don't fit in, I'm not good enough and, and stuff. And this feeling of not feeling safe to be yourself. Mm-hmm. So... What are some of the advices, or is there anything that you do that preps the, the participants for those realities that might like be coming up? Like this space is like this, other spaces are like that. Yeah, we, we really just talk about our space and what we're creating and um, that hopefully when we've done this enough and the word gets out and there's more of us out there, then it's going to have these spaces for us, even though we're integrating with other people, and they're going to see it um, soon our way as well. So that's yeah. so cool. I want to talk a little bit about you now more okay. than the program, <laughs> because you are a musician that's been in the scene for you said once you hit thirty. So I mean, at least twenty years, right? Well, yeah. Well, I'm I doing just, math. I'm doing yeah, investigative yeah. math. <laughs> Well, I'm turning 40 this year. Um, wow, so yeah. longer than that. You yeah, but seen... I, I kind of went to school and like I had a diff- like a career in aviation and stuff like that. So I've kind of been um, out of I was out of the scene for a while. My husband p- has played in a band like for a, for a lot of years as well. But yeah, mm-hmm. I've been in a male dominated industry my whole life. So yeah. So in your first band that you were in, uh, Faithful Pagans. Faithful yeah. Pagans was that. Uh, you were playing guitar. Who were the other members of the band? Like, um, all guys. Yeah. All guys. Yeah, because I was kind of the only girl back then that enjoyed like grunge and punk and stuff like that. So it was hard to find, especially other girls that would play like bass and drums and and sing like, you know, Courtney Love or something like that. So, right. Yeah. So you were playing at the zoo primarily. Uh, yeah, Aussies. We played a lot. We played Osborne Street Fest. We played Core Fest. We recorded a bunch of times. Um, yeah, we kind of, we never toured, like, it was all just in the city. So. Did you lose all your stuff on MySpace? Uh, oh, no. Oh. No, we never had it on MySpace. Good question. I think MySpace was, like, after our time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so how did those spaces, like, back in the day, like, Aussies and stuff, how did they stack up to spaces like the Goodwill today? Like, Aussie sounds like a terrifying 
place to me. I don't know. Just yeah. like. <laughs> well, they had this one promoter back when like we were kids. Name and names. I, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like 16 and we would be sitting at the tables in Aussies and they'd be discussing about the, the show and like how it was going to go and, and telling me what I should wear. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did it's you like, listen? Well, all my friends were, like, looking, like, just, like, kind of a little bit disgusted. Like, and they were all guys. Right. And this older gentleman was telling me that I should be wearing, like, a leather cat suit. <gasps> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Number one, where do I have the money to get a leather cat, cat yeah. suit? Like, yeah. screw yeah. you. And <laughs> also number two, yeah. <laughs> screw you. <laughs> but as an older man telling a 16-year-old girl that she should be wearing a oh leather cat gosh. suit. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So vastly different back then. Yeah, I yeah. would say. I don't know if it's like totally gone today. Like you, right. you hear like if you've seen that documentary, Girls with Guitars. Like I think it's still kind of occurring. They think like if you're carrying gear, you might be the roadie or the girlfriend or or something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. right? I've gotten to some shows that way carrying my partner's like gear in, and now people won't question me because a couple of times they're like, um, "Do you?" I was like. You think I'm not in the band, even though I'm not? Wow. <laughs> You're like, you don't think this is my base? Still but then your way now in. I just like walk straight in because nobody asks me anymore. <laughs> but also, I mean, good. They shouldn't be asking me if I'm a girlfriend or a roadie anyways. Yeah. No, they shouldn't. Yeah. I'm taking advantage of it. I'm sorry. Of the, of the, of the road that you've paved for me. Yeah, when they see Brendan on stage, they're like, crap. <laughs> She's not playing tonight. But so the spaces, so that particular person, they ran Aussies all the way until... Yeah, they were like the promoter back then in the oh 90s. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. How, what would you say your experience with promoters in the city now are? Is it um, a different conversation? I don't know if I have much uh, with, with promoters. I, I guess it's like mostly like the sound people that are doing this. Like you kind of talk to them more or like... Um, like, we've played the Goodwill, but that was, like, Mobina Galore set the whole show up, so I didn't really, like, have to deal with anybody there. And, like, Eric Castleman at the park is amazing. So, mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, I, I think, like, there's great spaces, and um, but I think you're always going to have those certain people, like, um, that are, like, just difficult to deal with. And whether it's because you're a different gender, I don't know, or whether right. they're just difficult to deal with. But the diversity on bills, like, we played a show, and, like... It was uh, not very colorful, and I was the only female out of five bands. Yeah. Mm. And I'm sure that was just like, we've got our one, so... (laughs) Or whether that was even a goal. Like, it was just like... Yeah. 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 Just a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, I had a good question. Shoot, I lost it. Do you have another one? Oh, yeah. No, I do. I have the same one. Thank you. Do I have another one? (laughs) Always. That's the point of the show. Um... So when you're, when you deal with some people that are a bit difficult, is it usually just like a, okay, like whatever, or do you confront or do you say like, is it difficult for you in your position to be able to like stand up for yourself in those types of situations? I think like 20 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Because I think like with like with experience you can kind of carry yourself a little bit differently when you like it comes with age right and it comes with like um education and knowing what's right knowing what's wrong and knowing what you will take and what you won't take and I think like as I've gotten older I'm just less likely to take stuff as well yeah that's great so for your um for girls rock I want to go back to that Mm -hmm. there you have like the fundraiser shows and all that type of thing yeah and 
all of these like different bands are playing that have um, girls, trans, or non-binary folks that are in the band. Do they are they volunteering their time to come and do those events for you? Is this like something that's really dear to them? Um, well, everybody that comes and uh, comes to camp uh, to either teach or mentor. Um, they all come knowing that they're volunteering their time. We do our best at the end, once kind of the dust settles, to pay people an honorarium. It's n never worth their time because we don't have a lot of money because it's all based on our fundraising efforts. Um, but the bands that play the shows, um, Mobina Galore put on that show for us last May and they donated all of their time for it and donated um, like a lot of money for us uh, with that, we ended up paying the touring band that came, but I mean, it wasn't very much that we paid them. So, um, and my band, we always donate our time because we all have jobs outside of this. This is just kind of fun for us. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the bands, they do donate their time. They'll donate their honorarium back, but we always say like, if it's a show, we'll pay an honorarium because we just feel it's necessary to pay artists that are working. Right. Mm -hmm. So how can people in the community that are not maybe don't identify as male trans non female sorry female trans non-binary uh that can donate their time to that how can they get involved and help this program do oh, better there's lots of ways that like um people that kind of exist outside of what our gender kind of um uh mandate i guess you would call it right um but uh uh, people like haul gear for us. They um, they can hook us up with other bands or other people to help us out with. They um, can see if their band would donate time to do a show for us as well. Um, there's uh, any basically any volunteer position that is not a mentor position at Girls Rock can be any gender. Mm -hmm. And how would they go about contacting you? Um, they can go through our Facebook uh, page and like PM us or. Um, they can, uh, there's also our, we're getting a website up. It's, it's happening. It's nice, happening in a couple nice. months, but, cool. um, and then like, uh, our website is, or sorry, our email is girlsrockcampwinnipeg at gmail.com. They can just always email us there as well. And how many, cause you have the grown up and then you have the kids. How many of these programs do you run throughout the year? Uh, well right now, because last year was like our first camp. So we did just the one six day camp for 25 kids. Um, wow. And then we did the, the adult rock camp in February and we had spots for 25, but we had 20 sign up. Um, so this summer we're, we're not taking too much on. We just didn't want to have burnout as well um, because we did a lot of fundraising last year and it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, this year we're just sticking to the one week again and uh, with the 25 spots available. And then hopefully we'll be able to expand to doing more camps as well um, and maybe expanding the age range as well um, but uh, the West End Cultural Center the maximum capacity we have is for 25 kids because you have to have um, rooms enough that you can have the bass separate from the vocals from the drums from the guitar oh, and stuff yeah. and then you have to and then we lug gear all day because then we have to arrange each room for the band practice oh yeah so Fair. it's yeah you get like strong muscles by the end of the week for sure hauling gear. So even someone that just wanted to stop in for the 
the the swap of yeah, like instruments totally any helpful. amount of time yeah. that you can and then donate. like uh we get lunch catered and that needs picking up and stuff like that and uh and setting up too like the uh setup before the camp is pretty um time consuming it can take you know eight to ten hours of like getting the instruments from along with quaid because we rent and then um we uh have to decorate and all that kind of stuff and getting the west end set up so that the camp uh, can start like right on time on mm-hmm. the Monday morning. Awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cute and lovely. <laughs> I'm just so excited that's happening. And for the girls, the younger girls, that is free. Is that no cost to them? Uh, for the tuition? Yeah. Uh, so the tuition is $400. It's on a sliding scale. Mm, um, okay. So anybody that like afford, pay what you can, mm-hmm. if you can afford to pay the 400 pay the 400 um and if you can afford to pay a hundred dollars pay a hundred dollars and if you can't afford anything we fundraise and we apply for grants all year long so that we can subsidize as many kids that need that need it so we don't want we want it to be accessible to everybody we don't want to have it based on your family economics that you can't come to camp right so that's fantastic and last year we were able to like subsidize 13 spots wow wow yeah that's awesome yeah the importance of grants yeah. Well, actually, we only got like very small grants last year, so oh, really? it was all through our fundraising and stuff. Oh, wow. And we still cool. did like the camp on a like a really really tight budget. Mm-hmm. So the more money we have, the more things that we'll be able to do, and the more artists and the um, more array of workshops and kind of curriculum that we can offer, because then we'll be able to pay people better wages to to come in and do it as opposed to just volunteering for it. So amazing. So I have one more question. Go for it. Um, in let's say three years, where do you see Girls Rock Winnipeg? What is um, three years from now, I see us having an adult rock camp every year, um, and I see us hopefully expanding to two weeks, uh, so like two camps per summer uh, for the kids at that point. And and who knows, like maybe there will be more, but it just depends on how um, how much support we get and how many kids want to come. Because if we have a lot of people that want to come and we have a lot of support and we have a lot of funding to be able to do all this, then then yeah, I can see it at least two camps a year, but hopefully more. Yeah, and also three years, like you can have like returning, like by that time you can have um, participants that are musicians that are like returning mentors like that's what they do in the bigger camps and yeah yeah, they do that they uh they age out of the the camp and then they come back as uh, helping out as volunteering as mentors and stuff and kind of training for that role so it's well with the environment that you're creating it sounds like why why wouldn't they come back like just such a cool experience Mm -hmm. so cool you're doing the coolest thing thank you you're welcome (laughs) thank you so much yeah thanks for coming yeah thanks for having me okay ready yep Thank, Thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep. Di- oh. oh, okay, okay. Thank, Thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on Paper Cup Podcast. Podcast. Thanks.